I want to ask how many of you, um, how many of you, this is a very, this is a very difficult question. How many of you were born? How many of you were born? Well, hopefully it's all of you. Some of you maybe, you know, you're not sure about it yet. I'm not sure how I got here. Maybe I was transported here from some other planet or something. But let me ask you, how, how was the birth? Was it an easy birth? Was it hard? Was it traumatic? You know, that's kind of where it all started. That's where we all started, you know. But I, I was, I was uh, looking, um, I got onto my treadmill and I turned on the TV to, to kind of keep from getting so bored doing that. How many of you walk on a treadmill? It's so boring. It's insane. So anyways, I, I, I landed on this uh, PBS program, right? And it was called God in America. God in America. And I thought, oh, man, I know where this is going to go. It's going to be like, you know, liberal and all kinds. Not that PBS has some great programs, but when they start talking about faith. But, you know, I was like, I was shocked. It was like good. It was great. And they were talking, the, the part I, I, I turned it in on, when I tuned in, it was they were talking about a man named George Whitfield. Anybody heard of George Whitfield? A lot of you have heard of him. He, he was, a, he was a, a big part of, of the Great Awakening. He was an itinerant, itinerant uh, preacher who came to America. He was a part of the spiritual revival in the 1700s. And uh, he, he just, you know, had a message and, and they kept talking about his message over and over in this program. And this is what his message was, that you must be born again, that you need a new birth. This is George Whitfield traveling all over the colonies of the United States. He'd been to every colony. And his main message was this, that you must be born again. You must have a second birth. You must have this new awakening in your heart and in your life. The churches wouldn't take him. There were a lot of churches around at the time. It was kind of this time when, when there was this, you know, the state church versus, you know, then he came in and he was taking it out, the control and the power out of the establishment and into the hands of the people. That You need to make a decision for yourself. The church isn't going to make it for you. You need, you need to make your own decision. So, so he's out preaching this message and incredible things were happening. He, they say that at the time, uh, he was up in Boston Common, and he had like, and, and don't ask me how he did this, they had like 20, 23,000 people. No PA system, no microphones, but the way they just li lined up, and I guess he had an incredible voice. Tw they, they say that that was the biggest gathering in America up to that point in time, to hear George Whitfield preach. And his message, as it was throughout all the colonies, throughout all the travels that he went, and they say that he, he preached to who knows how many people, um, was this message, you must be born again. You need a new birth. You need a second birth. Now, let me ask you that. You hear this, you hear, you've heard these, these words before, right? I, I know most of you have. And let me ask you, though, does that scare you? Do those words scare you? Or maybe do they confuse you? If they do, then maybe you don't have it. You say, okay, well, what does this have to do with Easter? 
Well, I want to show you what it has to do with Easter. Let's turn to 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. This is my text for today. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. Let's read those verses. James, Peter, John, Jude, Revelation. 1 Peter chapter 1. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And in His great mercy... He has given us, what? New birth into a living hope. And here's where it ties into what today we're celebrating. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He says, you've been given. He has given us new birth into a living hope. So we're talking about a new birth. We're talking about new life. We're talking about new hope. We're talking about new future. All these things wrapped up, he says, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. It's not just some historical fact that it is a historical fact, but it's not just a historical fact. It's a historical fact that actually affects our lives or can affect our lives in incredible ways to have these things, new birth. Brand new life, a brand new hope and a future that this world just does not have to offer us. Without it, we really have no hope. We have no life and we have no future. I know some of you think, well, I got no life anyways. But, you know, that's a personal problem. We'll talk about that after. But if you have Jesus Christ, you have a life. Because He is the life. But it's all made possible by the resurrection, this, this uh, again, this account, this fact in history. There have been people who tried to study it to disprove it and ended up realizing there's so much proof of the resurrection that they ended up giving their hearts and lives to Jesus Christ and they were changed forever, born again, received the second birth and had new life, new birth, new hope, new future. I don't know about you, but that's what I want. You know, if we're just happy here with what this world has to offer, man, it's, it's just not enough for me. I don't know about you. It's a relatively short life and then death. You live, you die, and that's it. That's not a whole lot to, to, to look forward to. That's not a whole lot to live for. But Jesus gave us something new, and it came through that empty tomb where he beat death, where he conquered death. He's done something that you and I cannot do ourselves. There's just no possible way. But through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, you and I can have a new birth. Again, the message of George Whitfield: You must be born again. Did he make that up? You say, well, you know, those words, they, they are kind of freaky. And that's kind of a, you know, I've heard of this group over there, or that group over there, and they say, you know, that's what they... That's what they, uh, they, they call those the born-agains over there. Anybody hear that? That's the born-agains over there. It's like a cult or something. Well, uh, you know, George Whitfield was not establishing a cult. He was speaking the truth. Are you one of those born-agains? Absolutely. And if you're not, you are not anything. You are in trouble. It's absolutely essential. It's a necessity, and that's what he was preaching about. And where did he possibly get that? 
from Jesus, of course. We all know that. We're going to turn there in a minute. But this idea of being born again, born anew, a brand new life, a life with a future and hope, something and it's something to get excited about. And that's what Peter's he's excited about it here, isn't he? Can you read it in his can you see it in those words and kind of hear it in his voice if he was if he was here today? I think Jonathan, uh, not Jonathan Edwards, so he was around in, in New England as well. George Whitfield, I think when he, was, when he was speaking this message, he was getting excited about it, and Peter was here too. He was saying, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is something to get excited about, that, that something has changed in my life, that God has given me a brand new life, a new start, a new hope and a new future through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, that I can be born again, born from above? You bet you can. You bet I can, absolutely. In fact, there's no hope apart from it. Someone wrote these words about this phrase, born again. He says, what born again means is literally to begin all over again. To be given a second birth, a second chance. The one who is born again doesn't all of a sudden get turned into a super Christian. And we see that in Peter's writings. If you read later in the chapter, he talks about all these trials that we have to go through and troubles to, that our faith would be refined. He says it's to wipe the slate clean. It's to cancel your old mortgage. Start again. In other words, you don't have to be always what you have now become. Such an offer is too good to be true for many, confusing for most, but for those who seek to be other than what they are now, who want to be more than the mere accumulation and sum total of their experiences, the invitation you must be born again is an offer you cannot afford to refuse. See, you say, well, you know, people say, why should, I don't need to be born again. I, I was born once already. That, isn't that good enough? I already got everything. I think... You, you really sit, need to sit and think about what have you got? What have you got? What kind of hope do you have in this life? If it's just in this life, we eat, drink, and we're merry, and then tomorrow we die, and that's all there is. Jesus defeated death. He rose from the dead. Let's look at that passage in John chapter 3. You knew I was going to turn there anyways because I'm one of those born-agains. And I have to give some kind of justification for it. Because unless you're one of those born-agains, you're not born again. And you have no hope and you have no future. John chapter 3, verse 1. This man, this man called Nicodemus, he was a very important man. But not only was he important, he was very religious. He, he, he was a very religious. He was part of the religious establishment. Much like in the days when George Whitfield was going around here through New England as well, there was an established church, and Nicodemus was a part of the establishment of the, of the Jewish ruling council. He says there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council, and he came to Jesus at night. And he said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs that you were doing if God were not with him. He came, he came at night because he, was, he didn't really want to be associated, but he was curious and didn't want to know. He knew there was something that was missing in his life, though he knew all the Bible, the Old Testament. But he knew he didn't have it all, and he knew there was this guy named Jesus, and so he went to him and he said, you know, he kind of went there sneakily at night. 
And in reply, Jesus declared. Notice that word, he declared. He didn't say this was, this is one of the options for you. He declared, he says, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless what? He is born again. No one can see it. You can't even see it unless you're born again. In other words, it's absolute necessity. If you say, well, I'm not born again, but I'm a Christian. Well, if you're, not a, if you're not born again, you are not a Christian. A Christian is born again. If you're born again, you are a Christian. You cannot see the kingdom of God. You can't even see what it is. But he doesn't stop there. Look at verse 4. He says, how can a man be born when he is old? And, uh, you know, it's a valid question. We're all going we, to ask, well, how, what? this is kind of strange, you're telling me. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. But Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. He says it twice. I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. Don't be surprised. Don't think it's weird. Don't think it's strange. There's a, there's a human birth, but, there, but that, you know, that isn't it. You know, this idea of universalism that if you're born, you're automatically in the family of God. That's not true. In fact, when we're born, we're automatically into the family of Adam, and, and we're born into sin is what we're born into. And we have no hope apart from a Savior to save us from the sin. And so to be born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God and you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. You've got no hope. It's an absolute necessity. Going to the church is not enough. Reading the Bible is not enough. Giving money is not enough. Though all those are good things. You must be born again, Jesus said. Don't be surprised. Don't be shocked by this. It's, 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 this is truth. I tell you the truth. He declares it. The Bible declares it. Jonathan, uh, I keep saying Jonathan Edwards. George Whitfield declared that this is the truth that Jesus taught, that you must be born again. And the resurrection made it possible. The resurrection, this day that we celebrate today. But again, just to look at it as a fact of history without it changing my life, there's, a, there's something missing in the equation. Absolutely necessary for you and I to have any hope whatsoever. Don't be shocked. You must be born again. You must be born again. Nicodemus asked, well, how? How? And again, that's a valid question. He says, you know, am I going to go back? You know, my mother wouldn't like that too much. You know, I'm a little bit bigger now. It was bad then. It's be worse now kind of thing. I'm not a woman, so, you know, I can't even comment on this. But he asked the question, how? And the Bible makes it very clear. The Bible makes it very understandable. But first, let's turn back to 1 Peter. Keep your, keep your finger in John, because we'll turn back there in a second. But... 1 Peter, let's go back there where we were. 1 Peter chapter 1 again. If you look down to verse 23 in that chapter we were just at, 1 
Look what he says here. So we're asking the question, how? How, do, how are we born again? Verse 23 says, For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable. How? Through the living and enduring word of God. And all men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord stands forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. How? Number one, through the word of God. Number one, through, through God's word. The word that, that we read, that we study. He says, you've been born again. It's, it's not a perishable thing. It's imperishable. It's spiritual. It's eternal. He says it's through the living word of God. You heard about Jesus Christ. You heard about his death. You heard about his burial. You heard about his resurrection. Where did you hear those things? From God's word. It says in Romans chapter 10, faith comes what? From hearing and hearing by the word of God. James says that that he chose to give us birth through the word of truth. He chose to give us birth. New birth through the word of truth. That's why we preach the Bible. That's why we teach the word of God, because it's, it's where the truth, where we find out the truth, where we are confronted with it. And, and if we are not talking about these very, very important things that you must be born again, we're, we're not really saying what the Bible has to say. You know, hear about these people. Well, I like to, I like to give really encouraging message, so I won't I won't, I'm not going to talk about sin. I'm not going to talk about the devil. I'm not going to talk about hell. And, and, you know, just take out all the things that might make people feel uncomfortable. Well, you might take this out too. I'm going to take that out because people don't understand that. So I'm not going to talk about you, the fact you must be born again. You must be born again. Did you get the message? You must be born again. If George Whitfield was here, I hear he was kind of like, he was kind of like an actor, and he kind of acted out his message. Well, I'm not going to do that today because I have a hard enough time as it is. Through the word of truth, he chose to give us birth. You hear the Bible, and, and Jesus said, you must be born again. I tell you the truth. Are we bold enough to tell people the truth that, you know, unless you're born again, they say, are you one of those born agains? Absolutely. And let me tell you why. Now that you ask, (laughs) Jesus said, you must be born again. And I'm just going by what he said, that I need to be born again. And I have to have a brand new life, a brand new heart. And it's because he died for my sins that he was buried, that he rose from the dead, defeating death, that I could have any possibility of a brand new life, a life that would be eternal. Number two, turn back to John, where you were. And turn back to chapter 1, John chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. So it's through the word of God. John chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. Yet to all who, what? Received him. To those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become, what? Children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. To those what? Who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right or the power to become children of God. 
It comes through faith. It comes through our receiving Him and believing in Him. It's not a family thing. It doesn't come from my parents. It's a work of God. We're born of God, but it comes through us receiving Him and believing in His name. Have you received Jesus into your life, into your heart? People didn't just make that up when they came up with the four spiritual laws or something like that. It's, it's the Bible that you need to receive Him. You need to say yes. You need to say yes to Jesus and, and let, allow Him into your heart and life. There is no other way. There is no other way that you believe what He did. Later in, in that chapter 3 to Nicodemus, where we have those very famous words, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, his only begotten son, what, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. One more verse, so in 1 John, says, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the answer, the truth, is born of God. So number one, we're born again through the Word of God. We're born again through, through receiving and believing. And then the last point I want to make about this and is found in Titus chapter 3. So Titus is right after First and Second Timothy. Uh, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Thessalonians, First Timothy, Second Timothy, and then Titus chapter 3. Titus chapter 3. This may very well be the most important point. Titus chapter 3, verses 4 through 7. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, He saved us. Not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit whom He poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by His grace, we might become heirs, having the hope, the expectation of eternal life. Do you see that in the middle there? He, he saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. Yes, it's through the Word of God. Yes, it's through receiving and believing, but, it, but, but it's a work of God through and through, whereby the Holy Spirit, He comes and does something inside of us. He washes us and cleanses us through the, through the blood of, of Jesus Christ and makes us into a brand new creature, a brand new creation, a brand new life. You and I cannot do that for ourselves. I'm sorry. You can't do it. Flesh, Jesus said, flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. It's got to be a spiritual work. It's got to be a work that God does in our lives. And that's why I said in the beginning, if, do you understand it? Do you know about it? Or is it weird? Is it scary? Or is it uh, confusing? Then you don't have it. But if God has done a work inside of you by the Holy Spirit to make you His very own, that you're born anew, it's not something that you don't know. He doesn't do it without you being aware of it. Now, now, I'm not saying that for every person it's like that, you know, that the, you, know, you hear the whole you know, host of heaven singing when you become born again. But there's something that happens that you should be aware of. That you have heard the message, that you have received and believed, that you 
see that God is doing something in your life. When I gave my life to Jesus Christ, when I said yes to him, I woke up the next day and I knew there was something that had changed inside of me. Something was different. Again, I didn't hear any voices. I hear them now. But, you know, that's... But I knew there was something different inside of me that God had done something inside of me that he, that he gave me a brand new life, a brand new start, a brand new life. And that was 30 some odd years ago. He's still working in my life and he hasn't let me go. And I haven't let him go because he hasn't let me go. It's not by works. It's not something we can do. I didn't reinvent myself. I didn't wake up someday and you know, I'm going to reinvent myself. You hear about that, you know, where, you know, uh, so-and-so, they, they reinvent themselves into what, I don't know, but something. You're going to reinvent yourself? You're going to make yourself a brand new person? You know, fixing the old just isn't really an option. You've got to have a new start. You've got to be born over. You've got to start again. You've got to be born into the family of God. There is no other hope. And, but notice he said in these verses, too, that, that we have... That we, that we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. Not only do we have a new birth, a new hope, a new life, a new future, but we've also, we, we've born into this family, we have inheritance rights now. I don't know about you, but I'm thinking about my earthly family, and I'm trying to think, well, are there any inheritance rights anywhere in there? I'm, I think it's, it's, I'm not seeing it. You know, it's, I'm not, it's not looking real good. But when I think about being in the family of God, I've got an inheritance, as Peter said, that can never perish. It can never spoil. It can never fade. No one can ever take it away from you. In fact, he's keeping it in heaven for us, safe. You say, well, that's not helping me right now to pay my mortgage or my rent or put food on the table. God will help you with those things too, I believe that. But, you know, our focus, he says, our citizenship is in heaven where we eagerly await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. You must be born again. Jesus said it. George Whitfield said it. Peter says it. Paul says it. It's a pretty clear fact that you must be born again. Can you totally explain it and understand it? No, Jesus went on to say in that passage, he says, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. You can't understand it all perfectly. But how many things can you understand perfectly anyways? Some, sometimes we need to trust and walk and follow after Jesus. Let him worry about it. You must be born again through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, through, through the word, through the message, through receiving and believing and by the Holy Spirit. So let me ask you the question now, because I asked you in the beginning, how many of you are born? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands this time, but how many of you are born again the second time? If you are, Peter says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be thankful every day for what God has done. Thankful every day. God, you gave me a new life. Yeah, this world still has trials, as Peter goes on to say, as I mentioned earlier. 
And God will use them in our lives to refine us. But, but we, we're on a different course. We, we're on a different path. We have a different future than we did before. If you aren't born again, my only question is, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? You've heard the message. If you haven't heard it before, you, you certainly heard it today, I would think. And if you have people around you in your life that aren't, and, and you, have, you have a message John said in 1 John 5, he said, this is the testimony. This is the message. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. It's as simple as that. You must be born again. Let's pray together, shall we? Our gracious God, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you that you've done a work in our lives and, and by, by uh, raising your son from the dead, you offered us a brand new life. Not to fix up the old one, not to patch it up, not to try to make it better, not to, to do anything else, but to, to give us a brand new life and a brand new start. That is amazing. That is nothing short of miraculous because it's based on the miraculous resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior. Father, I, I, I thank you and I thank you for each person here who knows they have come to this place, they've heard the word, they've received, they believed and, and you by your spirit have done a work inside of them that will never change, that will never go away that you'll take care of us, you'll never leave us or forsake us, and you're going to bring us to that place called heaven. Praise be to you. But I also pray here today for some maybe that, that aren't sure or they've never made that step, they didn't realize it was even necessary. I pray for them today here, Lord, that you'd show them how much you love them, you desired for them to be in your family, that they would be born anew born again into your family, that you, you would be their father and they would be your son and your daughter. If that's you today, simply, simply pray along with me. I'll say a prayer and you can, you can say yes with me to him. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I, I receive what you have to offer. I, I got no life. I got no hope. I'm lost. And so I receive what you have to offer today and I believe that you died for my sin, that you were buried and that on the third day you rose from the dead, that I could be a part of your family. So I come and I, I say yes. I say yes today, here, Easter Sunday, 2013, May 31st. Father, thank you for this day together. What a beautiful day it is. What a beautiful family we have here. Thank you for all of our friends and family members who are here. I pray you'd bless each and every one. I, I pray that you'd bless each and every gathering, that we, that we spend time with our families and different people. But may we never forget that you 
gave us a brand new life. Life that will be eternal with you forever and ever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing one more song, shall we?